Good morning, everyone. It's really cool to see you guys. See some people got a few shades darker, a few shades redder. Sun has been really good to us this December. Um, who went on holiday and now back? Who's been here in Joburg? How nice and quiet Joburg has been. That's awesome. Um, so if I haven't met you before, my name is David, and myself and my wife uh, have the privilege of serving here. Um, and I'm going to share something with you this morning. I really feel God has spoken to me, and I feel very excited and encouraged for starting the year, um, not just trying to be a better or do better or set a few goals or set a few things for my life, but as I spend time in God's Word every day, as best as I can, if I can get to it every day, um, I desire to see God's kingdom come in my life. And from that, I get to live it out like we've just heard with the kids earlier. So if you've been coming the past few weeks, we've been speaking about uh, the king, behold your king. Um, and that we are speaking about uh, Jesus and his kingdom and what does that mean for us as being part of God's kingdom. Today I'm going to speak to you about something that um, I've kind of tasted a little bit in the past few years. I've been in South Africa for 10 years in a few days. And, um, and I know that coming from Egypt, coming here to a different country, where a lot of people that um, come from different backgrounds, come from different, you guys speak different languages, different cultures, all in one country, but you have one thing in your uh, pocket or in your wallet that gives you access to a lot of things called the ID card. I grew up in a country that my ID card says to people how old I am, my marital status, where I live, uh, my religion, and if you are a girl, it will tell you who you're married to, but if you're a guy, it just says you're married because you can get married to more than one person, and this is just how it is. A lot of times, I would call uh, call centers or whatever, and they would tell you to proceed, put your ID number. I'm like, I want to proceed, but I don't have an ID number. I don't know what to do. Try to put my passport number. It doesn't go through because the phone only has numbers and not letters. So I'm stuck. You guys grew up in this country. A lot of you did. Uh, I know some of you guys here probably are not South African like me. But you get to be called citizens of this country. You can go anywhere in the world, and as soon as they are, people know that you're from here. <laughs> All of my English-speaking friends, when they started hearing my accent changing, believe it or not, my accent did change, and I still do have a thick accent, but it opens a lot of doors for me, especially when I get stopped when I'm speeding. <laughs> Police love me because they know, oh, you're from Egypt, and all the pharaohs, and let's go there, and it's amazing. <laughs> but we get to live together here, all in one room, because something has changed with all of us. This card became just a card for you and me to get certain things done, to have it as an official paper when you're getting married, when you're traveling, or when you're applying for a passport. This card becomes quite a significant thing in your hand. But that still doesn't make you a good or a bad citizen. It just gives you a title that you called South African. My children were born in this country, but they're still called Egyptian geese, Egyptian and a Portuguese. 
And this is just how it is. We cannot get the, the South African citizenship, but both of my kids have two citizenships of countries that they've never even lived in. They visited, but they've never lived in. But yet they get to have these ID cards from two different nations that hopefully one day will open doors for them for whatever God has called them to do. Many times, growing up in the Middle East, so many people will desire to get citizenship in another nation so that they can get the privileges of living in that nation. Myself and my family, we unfortunately are still applying from one visa to the other, to the other, to the other, so that we can be here, because we believe God has called us to be here. However, I can live here and treat myself and teach my family and my kids, guys, this is not our country, this is, this is just temporary, one day we're going to go back to where we are citizens. But that will, that will probably, you look at me and think like, that will really unsettle you and your family quite a lot. Hey, would you agree with me? Guys, it's the second day of the year. I'm sure, I'm sure you're still awake. Okay. So a lot of people that, um, that grow up in a specific nation who are unhappy you guys have probably driven around so many different areas and you see on sale, sold, on sale, sold, on sale, sold signs everywhere. Because people are either moving to another area or another nation or they're hoping for something better somewhere else. And when you get to these countries, you need to learn a new thing, even though they can speak the same language and whatever. But you need to learn quite a lot so that you can fit in. I, there is a lot of things I'm still surprised with. Ten years later, call me slow, I am slow. But I might live here for the rest of my life and still learn new things because I didn't grow up here. And a lot of things are ABC for all of us here in this room. I want to start with reading Colossians 1. I'm going to read from verse 13. Colossians 1.13. It says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. He, God, have delivered you and me from the domain of darkness. This is where we, like Zoe was saying, humankind, mankind, human beings, have committed sin and that separated us from the Father. For you and me, to change our ID card and our citizenship, something needed to happen for that so that that changes. I know that so many countries will only allow you to have one citizenship. So you would have to let go of the other one so that you can get their one. And some others allow you for two and some others allow you for three. In God's kingdom, he calls you and me spiritually to leave what was in the past, what was before, what was in the dark, for what he's calling you and me to be living in today. So we are made to be citizens of heaven. How does that happen when I accept the king? I need to recognize that Jesus is the ultimate king over my life and your life 
and over the world. That's something I need to recognize and understand. If I can tell you uh, how to apply for a South African citizenship, I'll give you the list of documents. You will never believe how many documents you need to apply for one thing. You know, you probably will believe because you live in this country. But if I can tell you in our Christianity, these are some of the things that we learn from the Bible that if we come to terms with, if we believe in Jesus, we give our life to him, we recognize him as our king and savior, these are the ABC of the requirements of you and me becoming citizens of heaven. God is higher than my ideas. He's higher than my preferences. He's higher than all other loves. Everything I prioritize. When we recognize that he's our Lord and Savior, he rescues us from the kingdom of darkness where you and I were slaves of evil to the kingdom of light and of hope and of peace. The second thing is that we come under the authority of Jesus. Let's go to Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1 verse 20. It says, Christ, when he was raised from the dead and seated, and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only the present age, but also the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills everything in every way. When you and I are saved, when we choose to follow Jesus, we adopt a new set of ideas to the world. We start believing in a different uh, belief system than what this world teaches us and tells us to be. So the one thing that can unite you and me together is not by the cod, and it's not by how many years I could live here. I can tell you this, that some of the 10-year-olds in this country know more than the 10 years I've been living in this country about this nation and about the culture and about the people. But the one thing that can cancel all of that and bring us together is when I believe in Jesus Christ, I start believing in a new set of beliefs, values, and ground that I can um, build from. This kingdom is not another philosophy, but it changes everything in our life. It changes our mindset. The Bible says it transforms our minds to understand and to know God's kingdom. And the third thing is that we receive a new people. When you and I become citizens of heaven, imagine I tell you I'm going to give you the best citizenship of, the, of a country that only you will live in. How lame would that be? You're going to be everything. You're going to be the police and the criminal. You're going to be the king and the queen and the prince and the princess and everything. You can be the president and the politician and the doctor and the engineer because you're going to be there on your own. Would you want to go there? I'll give it to you for free. I don't think any of us are made to be on our own. So when God saves us, 
When we believe in Jesus, we become part of a new people. I became part of you guys as God's body. Why? Because we have one common king who is Jesus. So God gave me you and God gave you me. And we get to do this life together and we get to build God's kingdom together and not on our own. If we believe that our salvation is just for us, it's to enhance my life. It's like, you know, you add a new rim to your car or a new sound system. So Christianity for me is maybe one of those things. No, Christianity is basically taking this car, chucking it away and giving you a brand new bus, not car, because it fits more people. And the more you live in being a Christian, the bus becomes a massive truck and a train and whatever else is bigger. I don't know. Let's read in Ephesians 2 verse 19. It says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. You and me are not aliens anymore. If you are sitting in this room and you feel like you've been doing this life on your own and you're lonely and the devil has lied to you that you're on your own doing this, you're believing lies. You're not building on the truth. And I can encourage you and even challenge you, open the Bible and see what God says about you and me, that you're not on your own. You're not an alien. You don't have to do life on your own. And all you need to do is to open your heart for the people that God has put in your life. Look to your left and to your, light, to your right. One of them might be prettier than the other. Those are the people that God has given you. And if you have isolated yourself to be on your own, you've believed in a very big lie. 1 Peter, verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But you are a chosen race. I want you to listen to these words and ask yourself, do I believe in that? I was standing here in the front and for the past three weeks, we didn't get a chance to be in a, in a group gathering to be in church together. And my heart just goes so excited to hear us singing together. Last Christmas, we couldn't do this, guys. But we get, or last New Year's even, we get to be together, but God has pointed his finger at each and every one of us, saying this, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's what he did for you and me. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. It's almost like he's saying you were nothing. And now you have the privilege of being called God's people. The trend in, in Egypt is that when people have the green card or the American passport, it's like the dream. So, so many people will go pregnant in the U.S. and they will give birth there so that they can give their kids the American passport and now they, they made it. So they will make sure that people know that I have this. They put it on their CV. They will tell everyone, like, I've got access to the world. When we believe in Jesus, you and I can walk proudly telling people that we are God's people. 
I was no one, guys, but now I can call myself the son of God. You can call yourself the son and the daughter of God. Once you have not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. The fourth thing is that we change sides. I was playing with the wrong team before I knew Jesus. I was playing with the wrong crowd and I was surrounded by the wrong people. And I get to believe in Jesus and become a citizen of heaven and now the game has changed. I'm playing on the winning team. I know that the score is known and I can play with confidence. I remember so well when I was very young, if you know me a little bit more than just from the front, you know that I'm not really good at soccer and I'm not passionate at all about it. Surprising from Egypt. But... Um, one of the things that did traumatize me a lot when I was a little kid, I'm going to be very vulnerable with you now. I was on the field and I was playing with the, one of the best teams of our grade. We were very young, like it wasn't like high school or anything. And they were all playing so well. And I don't know what happened to me that I really wanted to stop the ball from getting to our goal. So I went and grabbed it with my hand. And everyone did exactly what you guys did, laughed at me. So I sat and I cried. I was like, I don't know what happened to my mind. Why would I do that? And it didn't matter that I was with one of the best teams. I made a mistake and it ruined my view of soccer. But I know that in God's kingdom, it doesn't work like that. I know that I'm with the winning team and it doesn't matter how many times you're gonna pick up the ball with your hand. God tells you, come, dust your feet, dust your hand, get up and carry on playing because we're winning. It doesn't matter how many times you've stuffed up or you feel like you don't deserve this or the devil lies to you because you've made so many, the same mistake every single time. If you're a bit passionate about sports, you'll be the one guy that makes David Meeks feel so bad that he carried the ball with his hand. So watch out for the people around you when they fall, when they make mistake, when they carry the ball with their hand. Be the first person to extend grace and say, actually, it doesn't matter anymore. Pick up yourself because we are under God's grace. Look at the king and his kingdom. That's who you belong to. We don't live and, and play on the wrong side of condemning each other and feeling that, oh, now Jesus hates me. He's going to throw me to hell straight away. I picked up the ball one more time. And he told me the last five times not to do it. And you know what this ball represents in your life. But you know that God's grace for you this morning is new. And you know that today, you can make a decision and say, God, I'm looking to you. He's, he's the ref. He makes the call. And it doesn't matter how many times you replay the, the game and it shows that you made mistakes. It's almost like when you replay the game. That is not there anymore. So no one and nothing has anything on you because God has extended grace to you. What you need to do is run to him. Don't do like I did and I sat on the side and I carried on sobbing my heart out and I was so embarrassed because all the girls were watching me cry and I was like, <coughs> can't even talk. <laughs> Philippians 3 verse 17, it says, Brothers, join me in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many who I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross, 
of the cross of Christ, their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they, and they glory in their names, in their shame, with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. That's amazing. That's an amazing promise for you and me. You and I have exactly what Jesus had in him. And by this power, you and I have a very different destiny and the call that God has for you and me to be part of his kingdom. Number five, it says we are subject to the expectation of the kingdom. So if I come to this country, as soon as I got a work permit, I needed to start paying. Do you guys know? What do you need to pay when you work? Tax. I can't, if you've been to the Middle East or even India is very similar to us, we drive the same. If there is a gap on the road, you just take it and you drive. It doesn't matter whose right it is or nothing. We barely have traffic lights in Egypt. They are very close to the airport so that when you guys land there, you feel a little bit at home. And as soon as you get further away from the airport, it's not there anymore. There is no lanes. Guys, I'm not making up stories. You can ask the people that went to Egypt before. It's scary. <laughs> but when I came here, I needed to abide by the law and the rules of this country. Imagine I drive that same way. I think God knew that I was going to keep hooting like nobody's business, so my hooter keeps breaking like nobody's business. I actually barely use it, but the moments that I really need it, I'm like, this thing is not working again. So if I have come here and I believe that this is where God has me, if you have believed in Jesus and you've accepted him as Lord and Savior, you became a citizen of heaven, you do have a responsibility towards your commitment to Jesus. So if God builds his church and he tells you that this is the order and the, the, the place that I want my church to be in and to grow from, I do it his way. I don't need to come here and I can go to the traffic police and fight with them as much as I want that we drive better in Egypt. He will tell me, get lost. Because here, we don't do it like that. I can try as much as I can to bargain my tax because we bargain for everything in the Middle East. The tax man will tell me, I don't want to hear your story. You pay your tax in full. And when I'm in God's kingdom, sometimes I know that we don't, we don't apply for a Christian card or you're not going to get a certificate if you became a Christian and now you can present that, you know, when someone stops you on the side of the road and tell them, sorry, I don't have my South African ID anymore. I have my Christian ID with a fish on top. No, I don't, we, don't, we don't live like that. But if I can tell you that as important as our citizenship and our belonging to a country it is a lot more important that we put that as a high priority in our lives to know who we belong to. I know for me, I wanted the best for my kids when they were born, so I wanted to run as quick as we can to get their documents sorted. And I'm sure you would all do the same. Why? Because then they become no one. 
And after a certain time here in, in the country, you can't really apply for birth certificates without too much noise. But if you do it as they're born, it's done quick. Do you guys know that? No? So know that if you're expecting or whatever, rather apply for the birth certificate very quickly. And the last point is that we, all of us as God's people, we have a choice to live as his citizens every day or not. I can make a choice every single morning, not in the beginning of the year and not two nights ago, but this morning and again tomorrow morning and again the morning after that God, I'm going to belong to you. I'm going to represent you. I'm going to do the order in your church well. The way God builds it, I'm, if God, you want me to be loving towards people, I will. I will pay my tithes because this is how you call us to do things at church. I'm going to be generous to the people that have wronged me. I'm going to love people that call me their enemy. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to give another chance. Not seven times, 70, 7,000, 7 million times. I'll do it because this is your way, God. In just the same way that God tells me, don't worry about picking up the ball. I'm going to do it to others around me and tell them, don't worry. You still belong to this family. I would rather be a reason for people to come in than people to go out for the wrong reason. I want to be a reason that God sees his kingdom grow because people get to understand his love and his grace. Ben, if I can ask you guys to come up, please. I do sense on my heart that God is wanting to refresh some of us. God wants to call you for the first time if you do not know Jesus. Run to him today. You have access right now, today, to become a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. You have access right now to leave the bench and say, God, I'm in again. I'm going to play and I don't care how many times I've broken the rule. You have access to not be an alien and God calls you to his family. So you take advantage of that and treat this like your family. You have access to leave your past behind and your birth date on your new ID card would be the 2nd of Jan, 2022. Feels so nice to say 2022, hey? Can I ask you to stand with me? So I want, before we spend that time to respond as a church, I want you to respond on your own. So if you feel comfortable, please close your eyes with me. And if I can ask you to just consider where you're at right now. With Jesus, where you're at right now in your response. Where you're at right now in your citizenship. Where you're at in your call that God has specifically gifted you with.
And I do sense that God does want to specifically minister to some of you guys this morning. So if you believe that this message was for you, if you believe that God has encouraged you and challenged you and refreshed you, will you lift your arms with me? I want to pray over us. And I want to pray that as the Holy Spirit comes on you now, He will minister to you in a way that I know no one can. Only Him. Jesus, you see the arms that are lifted. You see the people that are responding to you. And God, I pray that will you fill them now. Will you open their eyes on the truth? Will you open our hearts to what you're doing, King? God, we pray that we build this year knowing who we are in you. God, I pray that when I go back to work tomorrow, I represent you. God, I pray that when I go back to my family this afternoon, I represent you. God, thank you that you give me another chance to be part of your game. Thank you that I don't sit on the bench and watch. But thank you, King, that you are a God of chances and forgiveness. God, help me to fulfill my commitment towards you and to your church and your kingdom. God, open my eyes to what you are doing. God, help me to identify your voice and not the enemy's and only follow you. God, help me to love the people in this building and beyond. God, I pray that the foundation that I build on will not be shaken because I will always look at your word. God, help me to open your word every day. God, help me to look at you every day. God, I bring my broken heart, relationships, past, reputation to you right now. God, I ask for healing. Restore me, King. Thank you that we belong to you. If you're standing and you feel on your heart that you need prayer, you want one of us to pray with you, will you come and stand with me? feel like God is still going to minister to some of you guys as we go into the next song we have the leaders and the elders here in the front and we'd love to spend time to pray with you if I can ask you as we sing the song I believe in my heart God put it on my heart this morning sing it pray it mean it desire it and watch the space in your heart change watch how 2020 will look different not because of anything other than him